Hello everyone, this is the bonus episode to go alongside with the Auro episode. Having gone through Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, I can expand upon the discussion about Auro as she presently stands in the Forgotten Realms. As a warning though, this bonus episode contains large spoilers for Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, so please, if you are a player in this module or plan on being a player in this module, I highly suggest you do not listen to this episode. I am doing away with the typical structure of my episodes, and instead this will be much more of an informal episode, more so than usual. Not every topic featured in a given regular episode is going to be covered, but when one does, I'll be sure to bring it up to your attention. So the first thing I'd like to touch on is pronunciation. I've seen a couple people comment on this already around the internet, but the pronunciation given for Aurel's name in this module for some reason is O-Real rather than Aurel. This is a strange change, and I have to wonder whether the writers went back and checked older source books for the pronunciation given in them. The reason being that the pronunciation given across all older source books is Aurel, never O-Real. Either way, I'm not going to be using this new pronunciation, but if you hear people using it, please don't be difficult with them. It's not really a big deal at the end of the day, and you have better things likely in your life to worry about. Next, let's talk about personal history. At some indefinite time, other than following or during the events of the Second Sundering, Aurel and Umberly had a falling out. If you recall in the Aurel episode proper, Umberly and Aurel were said to have a favorable enough relationship, but it would seem that Umberly had a change of heart, coming to despise Aurel's influence over her tumultuous waters in the northern regions of Faerun. From there, Umberly worked to alienate Aurel from the gods of fury by further allying herself with Talos and Malar. As all the other deities, excluding the Dead Three, distanced themselves from the Prime Material following the Second Sundering, Aurel instead chose to abandon the realm she had in the Outer Plains in favor of residing on the Prime Material. What is important to note here is that whenever it was Talos revealed himself to be a separate entity during the Second Sundering, the Gods of Fury reformed their alliance. This will be brought up in the Talos episode when I do cover him next. There are a couple questionable things in this development, though. First off, why would Umberly suddenly now take issue with Aurel freezing up her ocean waters? That has been happening for centuries now. Unless Umberly is enacting a greater plan to maybe usurp Talos' superiority, or she is working on some greater scheme that involves ridding the rest of the competition in her alliance, but I think it's just as likely that the writers came up with a convenient plot to figure out a reason why Aurel resides now down on Toril. Secondly, why Aurel still gets to be a full-fledged deity down the Prime Terial while Ball, Bane, and Mercule do not is beyond me. But here we are. The Death Three certainly threw up their collective middle fingers to the Divine Edict and Ao and abandoned their deific status to run amok on Toril. There are also demigods who do reside down the Prime Terial Plane. We just covered Gueron Winstrom not too long ago, who does just this. But Aurel, to my knowledge, never has resided down on the Prime Material Plane. Was she able to just get in before the cutoff point, so to speak, and abandon her Divine Realm before measures could be taken place against her? Did she perhaps find a way to push through the apparent barrier that now separates Deity from Prime Material? Could this, along with the spell she casts, be the reason she is in such a weakened state? I honestly do not know. 
I can only assume at this point, which I dislike doing. At the end of the day, unless you're really deep into the lore and concerned about consistency, most folks aren't going to be bothered by these developments. But it all doesn't quite sit right with me, if I'm being honest. Aurel came down to the primatorial world of Toro in what must have been 1487 Dale Reckoning. She secluded herself up in Icewind Dale. Being the malicious goddess that she is, she has cast a spell across the region that has blocked out the sun and locked the region in perpetual winter. For two years, Aurel has placed Icewind Dale in this state. The people of the region have called Aurel's prolonged winter and darkness the Everlasting Rhyme. The module assumes that you as the DM run it in 1489 Dale Reckoning or later. Now since this is a lore channel, I prefer concrete dates, since I dislike assuming, so let's just go with the given year of 1489 Dale Reckoning. The module does point out that the locales of Icewind Dale wonder why no other deific power has stepped in in an attempt to stop Aurel, which is indeed curious. However, given the divine edict agreed to by most of the deities, it isn't surprising that the deities aren't intervening because they might not be able to intervene as much as they had in the past. It is alluded to that Aurel feels that she is vulnerable here on the Prime Material, and that one of her enemies might seek her out to destroy her. How that is exactly, I do not know. Though I am speculating here, she also could be worried that her former allies and the Gods of Fury are going to seek her out to destroy her. Talos in particular would find the situation to his advantage to claim more, if not all, of Aurel's portfolio and influence. Next we'll touch on Aurel's abilities given in Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. In order to lock Icewind Dale in a state of perpetual night and winter, Aurel heads out on her white rock, the massive bird, not a stone, whom she calls Iskra just before midnight to cast the same powerful spell nightly. This causes an aurora to pass along the night sky for all to see. As a result, the sun never rises past the horizon, and the snow is never able to melt up here in Icewind Dale. However, this is an incredibly draining spell for Aurel to cast. Aurel further isolates Icewind Dale from the rest of Faerun by causing blizzards along the mountain passes into Icewind Dale and causing gale force winds across the sea of moving ice. Thus, hardly anyone is leaving or coming to Icewind Dale. Traveling altogether is treacherous as Aurel has made the weather here all but unbearable. Now, since Aurel is draining herself continuously each night, she exists in a perpetual weakened state. This weakened state allows mortal adventurers the chance to both challenge and possibly defeat her, though she still maintains her standing as a divine being, thus cannot be killed outright. Rather, she will be reborn at the next winter solstice, should she be defeated in this module. And I would have to imagine she would be reborn on the Primaterial Plane once more. The module says that once reborn, Aurel will retreat from the world to not allow herself to be killed and or thwarted by mortals again. Now does that mean she finds an even further remote location hideaway in on the Prime Material? Or is she going to look elsewhere in the outer or inner planes? The vagueness here just makes me feel it is in the hands of the DM to decide, should that even be a consideration in their plot going forward. However, so long as she has worshippers, Aurel comes back at her normal power level, which the module then states, in quote, with divine power far beyond what is reflected in the stat blocks presented here, end quote. 
But Aro's machinations can just as easily be cut short if the adventurers in this module manage to kill the rock Aro depends on to cast her spell. Aro must then take it upon herself to find a young rock that she can raise to serve as her mount, this process taking years to carry out. In a sense, I find the portrayal of Aro's capabilities lacking in this module. She's powerful, but I just do not find she is portrayed to be as powerful both as she could and should be in my opinion. Her design is much in line with that of Tiamat, I find. Not quite exactly the same, but the idea that both these lesser deities have been built in such a way that they can be challenged and defeated no less by high-level parties, or in Aurel's case specifically, even folks who are at the tail end of the second moving in the third tier. My opinions aside, let's turn to Aurel's given appearance in this module. Aurel has three forms she moves through in her weakened state. In order to destroy her, for now, all three forms must be destroyed. Should Aurel be given a chance to take a long rest, she regains all three forms back, despite how many she had before taking a rest. The first form is known as the Cold Crone. She appears as a hunched-over humanoid form with a snowy owl head. She has gray and white wolf fur that covers her body, black talons, bowed legs, cloven hooves, and curved goat horns that protrude from the top of her owl head. Wrapped around the cold crone is what appears to be a cloak and cowl made of snow. At any time, the cold crone can transform this cloak into owl wings that allow her to fly. Aurel's second form is known as Lady Ice Kiss, or the Brittle Maiden. Her second form appears as a 10-foot tall humanoid woman made of frost and ice. Her eyes glow with a cold blue light. A thin mist surrounds her. Ice blades jut out from her form at odd angles. And when she moves, her body gives off crackling noises, much like ice breaking against other ice. Lady Ice Kiss easily forms magic weapons made of ice to wield against her enemies. Oral's final and third form is known as Winter's Womb, or the Queen of Frozen Tears. This form appears as a three-foot diameter diamond made of ice which surrounds Aurel's very divine spark. This form has a sharp point at its bottom and hovers in mid-air, all the while intense cold radiates around it. Should Aurel speak in this form, it sounds as if it's coming from within the heart of this form. We'll touch on Aurel's personality next. I'm happy to see that in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, it is called out explicitly that Aurel's divine rank is as a lesser deity. Due to her situation, Aurel in Rhyme of the Frost Maiden is in a sour and fearful state and unwilling to engage with anyone. Aurel is just as cruel as she ever was, but Rhyme of the Frost Maiden touches on her desire to preserve beauty in what she sees around her. Just her method to do so is by phrasing things in place literally, hopefully forever. The module doesn't come out and say her reasons so I have to wonder why Aurel is causing such a stir in Icewind Dale. I presume it is because, in the face of losing her alliance with the other gods of fury, Aurel feels things getting out of her control and is deeply threatened. But at least in this small region of the world, where she has secluded herself, she can manifest her control and influence in her own malicious way. Moving away from Aurel, we can now touch on other aspects that are related to her faith rather than herself. Within Aurel's headquarters, domain, whatever you want to call it, known as Grimskala, 
are four ten feet tall, seven feet wide tablets made of ice. Upon these tablets are chiseled the tenets of Arl's faith. Cruelty. Quote, Compassion makes you vulnerable. Let cruelty be the knife that keeps your enemies at bay. End quote. Endurance. Quote, Exist as long as you can, by whatever means you can. Only by enduring can you outlast your enemies. End quote. Isolation. Quote, In solitude, you can understand and harness your full potential. Depending on others makes you weak. End quote. Finally, preservation. Quote, Every flake of snow is unique, and that which is unique must be preserved. End quote. Talking about rituals that are mentioned in Rime of the Frostmaiden, much like other rituals Arl and other evil gods, the people of Icewind Dale have started carrying out rituals in an attempt to appease and dissuade the Frostmaiden from carrying on with her plans. These rituals are allowed by the Council of Speakers who govern Icewind Dale, though they allow them with clear trepidation. As such, the rituals have been carrying on for just over a year. The rituals differ from place to place, but all take place on the night of the new moon. In Brinchander, East Haven, and Targos, they have turned to human sacrifice. A lottery is held on the afternoon before the night of the new moon to decide which person is to be offered up to Aurel. The person chosen is then either stripped bare and tied to a pole exposed to the frigid elements for the night, or they are sent out in the frigid tundra with the intent that the winter and elements will claim them. Those towns that are smaller and do not have the numbers necessary to entertain the idea of human sacrifice instead offer up food as sacrifice. A day's catch of the local fish the region of Icewind Dale is known for, the knucklehead trout, is strung up outside of town for the minions of our role to lay claim to. Finally, some locales cannot even afford to give up their food, so they instead offer up their warmth. For a night, no fires are to be lit between dusk and dawn, forcing the locals to turn to one another and other measures to maintain their body temperatures. The punishment for lighting a fire during this ritual is a severe beating. We'll talk about some specific locations that are talked about Rhyme the Frost Frostmaiden that are directly related to Arl. Out in the Sea of Moving Ice is a skull-shaped fortress known as Grimskala. The fortress is situated on an island fittingly called Solstice that is shaped like a six-pointed snowflake much like Aurel's holy symbol. This fortress was built and resided in by frost giants until Aurel came to the prime material. The Frostmaiden has since killed almost all the frost giants in the fortress and claimed it as her personal place of residence. The island of Solstice is never exactly in the same place out in the sea of moving ice. Aurel can will this island to drift about the sea or anchor it in place. Aurel has decorated the island with a variety of creatures encased in ice, or ice sculptures of creatures she herself has carved. Aurel is very protective of these ice sculptures in particular, and does not abide by anyone messing with them. Aurel has some very powerful regional abilities while on this island, which are treated mechanically like their actions. Briefly touching on them here, she is able to know the health and status of every creature on the island of Solstice, teleport to any location on Solstice, and telepathically communicate with any creature on Solstice. The ruined nethery city of Ethrin lies buried in the Reged Glacier. When it, much like all netheries cities, fell from the sky many centuries ago, it crashed into this particular glacier. Due to the heat of this impact, it was driven further into the glacier. 
When it was, I don't know, but Aral then took it upon herself to bury the city under the more ice and claim the ruined city as her own. I presume she did this not too long after she arrived on the Prime Material Plane. I don't know if this was an intentional callback to Ireclair and the ruined city she laid claim to under the Great Glacier that was discussed in the Aural episode proper, but part of me feels it is. It could just be purely coincidental for all I know. Rhyme of the Frostmaiden gives us a couple of different monsters to add to the repertoire of both Aural herself as well as her faith. In particular, there are the Cold Light Walkers, Frost Druids, Frost Giant Skeletons, Ice Trolls, Snow Golems, Snowy Owlbear, and the Giant Walrus. There's only really one magic item related to Aural in this module, but I was very happy to see the inclusion of this particular item. The Codicil of White is held in Aural's personal domain. One of the pages in the Codicil contains a poem in praise of Aural, which serves as the necessary incantation to open up a path down to the ruined Netherese city beneath the Reged Glacier. It functions and is described to have the exact same features as I described in the Aural episode, though keeping out a few minor details in its physical description. Just a small update before I leave you. I apologize for the gap between the Aural episode and this bonus episode. I thought it would get out sooner, but here we are. I'm still working on upcoming episodes as well at this time. The research portion of the Talos and Malar episodes in particular are done, and I've even started into Salune. Given my work schedule, it is difficult to say with any real certainty when things will come out, but I would say the Talos episode will be finalized and uploaded within the next couple of weeks. With that, I will leave you, and I'm ever grateful for those of you who take the time to listen to these episodes I put together for you.